welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 107, and my name is CJ Schrader. And with me, as always, my two co-hosts are always on their best behavior. First off, we have Jess Dunks. Hey. And Brian Prills. Hello. You know, I'm really excited about this topic. I have loved HP Lovecraft for a long, long time. Uh, one of my the first role-playing games I ever played was the <laughs> Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. And uh, I don't really know what quite this has to do with magic, but CJ assures me that it's relevant. So yep. uh, we're going to talk be, be talking about, you know, like the 1890s, uh, Call of Cthulhu setting, the 1920s setting. I got all these notes. I'm ready. The D20 version, the beforehand, what? you know. What's what? I I feel like you're going real d- deep for a joke. I'm not getting again. <laughs> what? Today we're well, talking I mean, about the, the COC. We're, we're talking about COC. Yeah. Uh... Call, of, Call of Cthulhu role playing game. And we have a special guest, Call of Cadenese, on to join us. Hello and welcome to Night Vale. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this episode is not about Call of Cthulhu as much as Brian wishes it were. But I have all these notes. Throw them away. Burn them. I always burn the books. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> Don't look at it. Don't read it. Don't touch it. It's pure evil. Nope. Today we're going to talk about the new code of conduct document that came out and applies to all judges and yeah and well-meaning individuals. Yeah, I think it's a really great great document. Uh, it's something we've needed for a long time, and I'm glad to. Uh, be a part of the team that cre- created it, and I think we've got a lot of questions that I'm happy to uh, answer. So let's start from the beginning. What is the Code of Conduct? So the Code of Conduct is our social contract with the greater magic community. Uh, between the judge program and our players, our organizers, spectators, really all the people that make uh, a magic event and magic play experiences around the world as good as they really are. Um, Judges have special positions of authority and uh, status within our community, and because of that, we expect uh, we're expected to act a certain way in respect for that uh, position and authority that we have. And this is just sort of a reflection of that, but it's not meant to truly be a sea change in how we address these sorts of things in that these aren't things that we haven't dealt with in the past. Uh, most of the examples that you see, uh, in the code of conduct, uh, some of them are pretty extreme, but many of them are examples of things that have actually happened, uh, either by judges or to judges, or involving judges in some fashion, in the the long history that, that the judge program has. Uh, we're just at a scale now; uh, we're actually getting fairly close to six thousand judges. Um, we're at a scale now where there really is a need for us to have some sort of formalized process to ensure that. When a judge in one region, one place does something that compromises the integrity of an event or that compromises his, his or her community, that we have an approach that is consistent for how that judge is approached and dealt with and something that also gives us some sense of who we are as a community and the kinds of values that we hold one another to. So, so you know what, Sean, I, I assume just everybody would, would know who you were, but I guess you should take a quick second to introduce yourself just in case. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Uh, my name is Sean Caranese. I am a level four judge from Seattle, uh, originally from California in the Bay Area. Um, my role in the program is to address sort of conflict resolution as a whole. Um, my sphere includes misconduct, but I also had a hand in developing parts of Exemplar, 
uh, wave one, which the mailings should be going out very soon here. Um, but also, uh, I've, I've really had an interest in the long term in terms of helping judges resolve conflict, not just among one another, but also with players, uh, conflicts between players. Uh, I had a hand in the unsporting conduct uh, rewrite that we had earlier this year. So uh, that's sort of been my main role as a level four judge in sort of shaping that part of policy and that part of the program. Uh, but again, I, no person is doing this alone. There's a whole team behind me. And uh, there's a whole whole process that we have to go through to make sure that these sorts of things aren't just one person spouting off about being a social justice warrior, um, but they're actually uh, real, meaningful things that we as a community can agree to. So that's sweet of you. You didn't even try to take credit for Judge Cast there. Oh yeah, I did Judge Cast. You, you did create <laughs> Judge Cast also. Back, back in the back in the early days, uh, the first thirty or so episodes involved my voice and ramblings. Um, and, uh, Ricky Hayashi and myself were involved in creating judge cast to start. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad to be back with you guys for this episode. I know I was back for the hundredth episode, not terribly long ago. So, um, yeah, these are all really good times and I'm really proud of what you guys have, have accomplished in that I have some tiny, tiny bit of credit to take in that regard. But, um, realistically, if you guys had not taken up the, the torch and ran with it, like you, you have, um, you know, this is one really important service that judges the world over have that they just wouldn't have otherwise, because I, I was not in a capacity that I could continue it with my duties as regional coordinator for the U.S. Southwest. Um, I just couldn't keep that together with the um, with the judge cast uh, duties and so had to choose between them and chose to be an RC, um, which I think was uh, really my one of my favorite jobs in the judge program overall. It's been it was one of my my favorite things, and I'm I was really glad to have that opportunity. You're such a flatterer. Yeah, can we can we just instead of having talking code of conduct, can we just have Sean gush gush about how awesome I know, we are? He, he does it every time he's on too. <laughs> or the time. Is, what's funny about that though is I'm not saying what you said, Sean, isn't true. But mm -hmm. if if you hadn't started it, if you and Ricky hadn't started it and done what you did and made something that people wanted to come back, I don't think CJ and I ever would have taken it up. I, I can't never speak, in my I, life I can't would speak have started for CJ, a podcast. No, you're yeah, speaking so, for me. Never. So it's not a thing that like I, I get what you're saying that that we've carried it the last you know 70 or so episodes, but without the first 30 to build something that people wanted, we never would have even bothered. So. Well, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm glad to you, take you for that part of it, but but what we I mean that's the thing is that where we are now is is a wholly different place than where we were when we were at episode 32, um, in terms of listenership, in terms of the distribution, in terms of the structure and the ability for us to get it all together and make it all happen. Um, I mean, this is I I you guys you guys have the same name and you've got a degree of continuity, but. Uh, Really, you guys have taken it well beyond where I had it. So, with that, I'll I'll I'll, I'll finish with the ego stroking, and we can get on into <laughs> yes. Let's get back to it. So, so we so we've had the judge program for for eighteen or so years. Uh, you mentioned on episode one hundred that when you took over uh, uh, L four, uh, I guess over a year ago, that one of your focuses was going to be on like judge interactions, and and I guess that that ultimately led to. Uh, the code of conduct document. Um, so why why now and not uh, uh, any time in the previous eighteen years? So we have a certain scale now, both to organize play, um, which has never been been true before. We've had not never had this scale before. Where we're we're looking at 
you know, a 10,000 player event uh, in the near future. Um, we have a certain scale to organize play, not just in the single large events that we have, especially ones like like Richmond and and New Jersey and others, but also to how broad magic is. I mean, we had our own South Park episode for crying out loud. Like we're we're we really have made it to the mainstream in a lot of ways. Um, with that, there comes a certain need for structure because we have so many people in our cohort, six nearly six thousand at this point that there's a, an interest um, to have some consistency in how we approach misconduct because misconduct is nothing new. It's not like it's on an uptick as a rate. It's not on any kind of giant spike or uptick where there's more of it happening you know, per judge. It just happens that we have a certain scale now that in the regional coordinators list where a lot of these issues have been addressed in the past, you know, that system was put together sort of w without a whole lot of formality and it really doesn't scale well to this because when a misconduct case happens that can be a 70 80 message thread and when that happens it, it occupies the mind and product productivity and, and availability of every regional coordinator and they have other things that they have to really take care of and be involved with so there's a lot of scale issues that lead us into this um, and consistency issues that lead us into this. Um, those are the, kind of the main things. Like I said before, this isn't about a sea change in how we approach these issues. These aren't. These are all things that you would expect. You know, if a judge did this, even without the code of conduct, you would expect somebody to speak up and ask that something be done to fix it. Um, and really, what we're looking for here is is just an approach that treats everybody equitably and ensures that we have a fair process okay so let me let me ask this i'll, I'll play uh uh cj's advocate yes yeah, <laughs> like the devil or cthulhu's ad i'll play cthulhu's, cthulhu's advocate. advocate cthulhu's advocate um okay so when i became a level one judge i just took a test and i had an interview and i got a review i didn't sign uh, uh, like a, a, an agreement that said I would abide by this thing or anything like that. Uh, how does how how do I get held to it then? Or or you know I've been a judge for this many years and this document comes along and says, hey, we can do these things. You got to act this way. You know how how does that work? So nobody that we have ever suspended or decertified or kicked out of the program in some other fashion in the past, none of them either signed that document. Because that document doesn't exist. We're not asking for you to, to sign an agreement to be a part of it. This is simply an understanding that we're a volunteer organization. We have certain responsibilities to our community, and we have certain expectations of the people who are part who call themselves Magic Judge. And so we have those expectations, and we intend to hold, as a program, hold our, our cohort to that. And that includes ourselves, too. You know, this code of conduct isn't just the level four, or just, isn't just the level one and level two judges. It's everyone in the program. It's it's the leadership also. Okay. So in the, in the code of conduct document, it, it specifically calls out membership in the judge program is voluntary or at will. And then it says from both sides. What do you, what yep. do you mean by at will? You choose to be a part of the program and the program chooses for you to be a part of it. Um, that choice can change. And that's about it. Okay. All right. So the code of conduct <clears throat> document, uh, which of course will be in our show notes and all that stuff, um, it mentions three levels of connection a judge can have. Can we go through those starting with uh, directly connected? 
Sure. Um, so directly connected, and I'm just going to pull up the code too because it's important for. Well, actually, you know what? Before we get into the connection to magic, sure. I, there are some principles of judge conduct that are actually probably more important. And in our, we, I should also mention we're revising the ju judge code um, for our release in January 1st. The principles will actually come before the um, the connection to magic. Okay. In that revision, so. Our principles are actually fairly straightforward. Um, so they include that a judge should use their judge status or authority fairly. A judge should use their status or authority, uh, should not use their status or authority for undue personal gain. A judge should create a welcoming environment. A judge should take responsibility for their conduct and for the use of their judge status and authority. And anything that would be considered player misconduct is also considered judge misconduct. So that's that's it as far as principles go, but those sort of frame and guide our approach. Okay, so so that's kind of the overall idea of how yeah. how you, how you expect judges to act, and then later we'll get into more specific um, examples of misconduct. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, and and so you wanted to touch on connection next, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so directly connected is basically you're representing yourself as a certified judge. That means you're representing the judge program. Pretty straightforward there. Mm -hmm. Okay, like so, what would be when you're when you're directly connected? And you say you're representing the judge program. Like, so, what are some examples of when you are directly uh, connected? Sure. So, directly connected, you're working an event as a judge. That's pretty obvious. Um, but that also includes when you're on your breaks, because you know you often don't leave the venue when you're on your break. Just because you take the shirt off doesn't mean that. You know, you still have other elements of the judge uniform. Players don't stop identifying you as a judge when that shirt comes off when you're on your break. Um, so, and you're also going to be going back on break, uh, back on onto the the event, and that means that you're going to be continuing to work as a judge <laughs> there in the day. Um, that's an expectation that that you're acting as a judge. Um, it would become really strange if we said, you know, that you could sort of have some sort of phasing associated with your <laughs> With whether or not the shirt is on or not, while you're still at the venue, while you're still, you know, in other parts of the uniform, it's a little strange to to try to split that hair. So we also include your break time. Um, so working an event as a judge, um, or if you're wearing judge attire, that should be pretty obvious. Um, when you're representing yourself as a judge, so that means that you're you're using a photo of yourself in a judge shirt um, that includes uh, as your icon on social media. Um, or when you're using your judge status to gain trust, or when you're contributing to, you know, our judge app site or the Magic Judges Facebook page, all those sorts of things are are pretty obviously directly connected to. So, so what would what would be an example of using your judge status to gain trust? Like, like I mean, like I can working an event is pretty clear. Uh, wearing a judge shirt is is pretty clear. Uh, posting on judge apps is pretty clear. Like, there's a definite hard line there, but using right. using your status in order to gain trust so I mean, an example that, of this would be ahead. if you are if you are in the middle of a trade with somebody and they say you know i'm not sure about the authenticity of this card and you say well no i'm a judge this is a real card i mean okay. you, you're or when you or when when you um or when you're trying to have a conversation with a tournament organizer and you say you know i'm i'm a judge and i should um, I should be allowed to do this thing, and this thing is actually misconduct. 
um, or th- that sort of thing. Does that, or, does that make sense? Yeah, or I'm doing, I'm doing a trade on the, the high-end uh, magic group, and I use my judge status as a reference, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a great example. Okay. Yeah, Jesse, example? Well, I was going to say, I just wanted to be clear. Um, the fact that you're connecting yourself to magic uh, doesn't necessarily mean that what you were doing is misconduct. Mm-hmm. Like, it's we, we, this is concerned with misconduct that is connected to that. So, so yes, telling, it, telling someone, connected. telling someone, I know this ruling is right because I'm a judge, isn't going to get you in trouble. No, no, that's just yeah. being stupid. Yeah, right. No, that's, that's, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> no, using your judge status to say, this is right. I'm a judge. Um, you should just find a better way to explain that rules yes. interaction. That's not misconduct. Um, this is this is for things where you're violating somebody's trust and you're using your association with the judge program to do so. Yeah. Right. So if if you come up and say like I'm a judge here, let me help you with this, and you know, and you help them correctly, then everything's fine. If you go up and say here I'm a judge, let me help you with this, and you help them. <laughs> you or you help yourself to something shady as a result of that then that's and that's the 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 mm-hmm. was it fully connected directly connected right term. now the other the other consideration here is that i don't care at all about bad rulings people can be bad judges and not be misconducting judges and that's something that i should be really clear about in that the feedback form i mean if somebody wants to submit a report of a bad ruling that was given that's great, and we'll take that, and we'll run with it, and we'll give it to the right person so that that judge can be educated about the right rules interaction, and we'll make sure that that can go forward and make the world a better place because that rules interaction hopefully won't happen again and trip up that judge again. But we're not going to be looking at that as misconduct. But he gave the bad ruling against me because he doesn't like me, uh, okay, and that's because, why he's got it out for me. Okay, he's got it out for you because he doesn't like you? We'll ask him. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fine for us to to have that conversation and have that discussion. Um, realistically, uh, yes, some of those reports will come in, and yes, some of those reports will include some judge that has some bias that influenced the ruling somehow, and that's something that we do cover in the code of conduct under violating event integrity, and that's a pretty straightforward and simple thing to deal with. Um, I should be clear though that you know in order to be in order to have a really severe sort of uh, sanction levied, you know, such as decertification, demotion, that sort of thing, the misconduct is also needs to be pretty serious. We're meant to be an inclusive group here. We're meant to be humans. We understand that we make mistakes, and and we've designed this structure so that we can approach people with consistency and with with really an interest in in the same interest that they have in improving the community. Uh, we have that same interest in ensuring that you know we're not just decertifying people left and right willy nilly. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, the the other thing that's I guess about directly connected that's caused a little bit of of I'll say swirl on Reddit um, is is just the okay. So on social media, you're using you've got a picture of you in the judge shirt. So anything you say then on social media becomes fair game. Um, here's a tip. Don't use your picture in a judge shirt as your icon in social media. I understand that that's a common identifier that feels like one way of expressing your belonging. Put your picture on judge apps. Use it there. Um, you know, use it, use it in, in ways that are connected to the judge program where you're always doing something that's related to the judge program. You know, any other organization, 
not just not just for-profit company, but any kind of organization that saw you using its logo and doing something crappy would ask you to stop using its logo. And this is a way that we have that sort of set up and as an expectation. Okay. Seems reasonable. Uh, all right. So partially connected. Uh, so what is, what is partially connected? Partially connected is sort of our gray area. It's what is our judge, what is related somehow to the judge program and magic, but isn't where you're representing yourself as I am doing this thing. I am a judge. I'm doing this thing. I am a judge. It is where those two messages may not be immediately linked, but where they still, where we still have some reasonable expectation that, you know, somebody sees you do this and they're going to make this association uh, fairly directly or fairly easily. And so we need to have some guidance about conduct that happens in that context. Okay. Uh, so some, some examples from this is uh, playing, playing in a magic event in a non-judge capacity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're playing and you're a judge. Um, sometimes that's going to be connected. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, playing and trading with other, uh, playing, trading or interacting with others on magic online. All right. Uh, posting, posting an unofficial magic site or magic related social media. Okay. So this is on the, while it's unofficial. So this is like the star city forums or MTG salvation or anything like that. Yeah. Three word that it's posting to one, not posting one. Kind of sound like you said. Oh, sorry. Posting, well, yeah. Posting okay. when you're while you're posting to one, you are you are uh, partially connected to the judge program. Okay. Uh, so posting to an official one is directly, and posting on an unofficial is is partial. Okay. And then the last the last bullet is attending a social event organized alongside a magic event. Um, so there were there were some questions again on on Reddit that uh, was like, okay, so a social event alongside a magic event does that mean judge conferences, judge dinner, judge laser tag? What's so judge conferences are I would say actually fully connected or directly connected um, because we only invite judges or or soon to be judges to those things, and you are surrounded by judges in that context, and we talk about judging at those things. Does anything there sound like it could only be partially connected? Mm, I hope not. Um, uh, but the judge dinner, yeah, judge dinner. I mean, we have other people that come to judge dinner. We're in a public space. We're in a lot of there's 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 other factors around that influence our behavior. Um, again, we're not expecting perfection here. We're not expecting that you will be a model citizen at all times in every way. But I mean. If you screw up in a serious way, we care about it because it does reflect on us. Um, that's that's, and you'll see all those examples are connected to magic, and magic is connected to the magic judge program. Magic is why the magic judge program is, exists. So that's that's sort of the the line of, of reasoning there. Okay, so let's say um, you know after judge dinner, which is which is, is you know after an event, judge dinner, social setting, all that stuff. A group of a subset of judges decide to go to a karaoke bar or to play laser tag or something like that. Does that still fall within the same realm, or does that start to slip into the the not connected? Or where's the maybe? I, I would have to investigate, and okay. I, think I would need more specifics. I mean, that's the thing is that you know we're, this is not a um, there's a there's a rubric sort of that we there, there's a rubric that we have that is our our written guidelines that. The judge committee, the judge conduct committee, uses to address this in a structured sort of way. That's not a, a document that we share publicly because 
just like the player investigations document of a similar nature, it can be easily gamed if people know all the little details about it, or they can try to game it at least. And whether or not they try to game it, just the possibility exists compromises its integrity. So we don't want to have that document public. The basic structure of it really is an understanding that we're people. We're imperfect necessarily. We're, we make mistakes. And we have an understanding that, you know, human conduct, because there are so many different ways and things that people can do, we're not going to succinctly capture every possibility in a document like that. That's just not possible. It's not like the IPG where it takes 11,000 words to capture most of what can go wrong in a magic event, along with a couple of caveats that say, well, anything else goes here. I mean, that's 11,000 words, and we're we're pushing 3,000 with ours. Um, I mean, that's, that's to give you an example. Cool, cool. All right. So I think we're ready to move into not connected, right? No more questions, Brian? You, okay. Nope. Uh, yeah, so let's move into not connected, which is the third, uh, I forgot the word. Oh, love, love connection. Uh, so what exactly do you mean by not connected? Not connected. Oh, my gosh. It's it's yeah. it's actually just just what it sounds like things that aren't connected to magic and magic judging like that's you know I'm walking down the street and I go to the grocery store and I buy a glass of milk and I decide to rob the grocery store while I'm there like that that's probably something that is not connected to magic yeah. it might be serious enough that we care um, that's that's a significant and exceptional sort of circumstance because that's really 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 rare but I mean when we think about just if I am simply a jerk, um, simply a jerk in the directly connected context, I'll, somebody will probably talk to me about it because simply a jerk can lead to a, you know, it can lead to a significant diplomacy failure where a relationship is ended and where the judge program and trust in the judge program is, is compromised. Um, but simply being a jerk in day-to-day -day life, I'm not sure the judge program cares about that at, at all. Okay. All right. So you, you say here that um, basically if the, if the only if the only connection to magic is the fact that is the fact that you are a judge or that you are talking to somebody who is related to magic but not necessarily about about that then it's not it's uh it's not connected that's, that's a that's a okay. fine understanding yep absolutely okay. all right cool 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 now now we we talked about these these levels of of connection uh how do they interconnect to the to the rest of the stuff that we're gonna we're gonna be uh, talking about, like the actual uh, I was gonna call them infractions or violations or misconduct activities. Is it the types? It... The types of misconduct is what you're looking for there. Yes. Um, so generally speaking, uh, something that is directly connected. So say we have the one type of misconduct, uh, you know, one incident of misconduct that is identical in every respect except that it is. Um, it is you know directly connected and another one that is partially connected but but identical in every other way, which is frankly a little difficult to construct an example. So I'm just going to say let's assume that these things happen. I punch a person at judge dinner versus I punch a floor on a punch or I punch a person at judge dinner versus I punch a person on the floor of a Grand Prix. Oh, okay. That, well, both of that... those are assault. Um, I can't say for again depending on the circumstances. I'm I'm. I, I would. I need to know more about why you punched this person, Brian. You okay. violent person. You. Um, I, yeah. I need to. I need to know more about that. Um, but 
generally speaking, we would uh, have a, a lesser sanction for the person who is involved in partially connected behavior and misconduct than we would have for the person who's having directly connected behavior misconduct. Um, for some things that are, are just severe enough that we're, we're probably not going to, we'll probably decertifying in both cases that that can happen. Um, it again, depends on the circumstance, all of these things, every time that we deal with misconduct, you know, we're not just simply putting a couple of variables into a black box and saying, okay, well, this is the result, uh, like some sort of, some sort of ticker tape, you know, fortune cookie, you know, line coming out of a, a, a machine that says, here you are. This is your penalty. Um, there's a human element to everything that we're doing here. And we investigate, we, we reason, we, we have a discussion about it. There's uh, there's a lot involved in that whole process because a lot goes into creating a judge. And judges put a lot into their communities. And we want to make sure that that investment is respected and cared for. So kind of along those lines, actually, um, for, for when, and we'll get to the uh, sanctions a little bit later, but... Um, are all judges treated the same? So, you know, would it, would an L1 get the exact same treatment as an L3 with regards to these uh, code of conduct sanctions? So in terms of the process, yes. We, talk, we, we treat everybody the same within the process. Um, if you're a level one judge and you're intimidated by the committee, um, by the prospect of talking to the committee or by, by this initial communication, uh, we also have a process where you can ask for and, and identify for an L3 or higher who, even someone who's on the committee, um, who can speak sort of on your behalf with the committee and with you sort of as a peer to sort of bridge that gap. Um, so we, we try to treat everyone with that same approach of equity and fairness. Now, in terms of the actual sanctions that we have, uh, your role in the program level is one reflection of your role in the program, and your role in the program also comes with responsibilities. Um, that responsibility, for instance, for me, is to serve as as an example for others in the conduct that I have, especially the conduct that I have that's directly connected to magic, and sometimes the conduct that I have is that's partially connected to magic too. That's also important. So, those instances, if I was to have some sort of misconduct issue, um, I, I should probably be sanctioned more severely than the level one judge who doesn't really have that same impact on the program. Um, so we, that does scale a little bit um, where we try to draw the line is that, you know, level one and two are about, about the same in terms of our approach. Um, I mean, level ones, for instance, uh, can't really be demoted without being decertified. Um, level twos can. So there's a, a little bit of distinction there that we can sort of, we, there are different sanctions available to us depending on level, but generally speaking, yeah, they're about the same. Um, level three, there's a greater investment that we've put that the program has put into that judge, um, and a greater contribution that judge has made to the community. Uh, we have respect for that, but at the same time, we have some a little bit higher expectations of of being able to comport oneself as a as an example for others. And that's certainly true of the level fours, the RCs, the level fives. Um, those, those are our positions of extreme trust and extreme investment on the program's part as well. So you mentioned an investigation. Yeah, you mentioned investigations earlier. Can you uh, explain how exactly the, these code of conduct inv investigations will go? Um, 
not in any giant detail in that, you know, the process is, is, I mean, for one, yes, we want to guard a lot of the specifics of that so that nobody tries to game it. It's not so much the fact that, you know, that we're worried about it actually being vulnerable to that. It's the prospect of somebody trying is sort of the, the problem that I have with that, uh, which compromises that integrity. Um, but beyond that, you know, the investigation, if you've ever conducted an investigation as a head judge at an event, um, it's not all that different, really. You collect the information that you need. That includes a player's statement, um, or sorry, in, in the case of misconduct, that includes the judge's statement. Um, and you make it really clear to them that you know, this is an investigation of misconduct and this is who's addressing this. Uh, these are the members of the committee. Actually, the members of the committee are, are actually going to be posted to our blog here so that people will know who they are uh, also as a reporting mechanism. But you tell that play, you tell that judge, this is what we're doing. This is what we're the kind of information that we want from you. Here's why we want this information. And this is the whole context of why we're talking with you. There's an investigation going on. It's about this incident uh, with as much as much detail as as we're able to give. Um, and we, we talk to them about that and ask for their information on, on it, their perspective, their statement. Um, but it's not just, okay, give us their statement and that's the end of it. Um, you know, in the course of normal investigations that we've had before this system, you know, I've spent hours on the phone with judges trying to understand their perspective and understand what happened. Um, other judges have spent hours on the phone in chat you know, writing emails back and forth, trying to understand why a judge acted the way they did or what the actual facts of a matter are. Uh, it's not a, it's not a simple process. So I, I don't know that I, I've already spent plenty of time talking about sort of the generalities of it. The specifics are really, you know, the judge in question absolutely has a voice. And if they feel like they need help, we get them that help too. Okay, so how how do you uh, random person uh, uh, submit? Well, first off, who can submit issues? Anyone? Everyone? Yeah, anyone. Yep. Okay, totally cool, including cool. players, including players. Absolutely. absolutely. So we have our we have our feedback form. So so players are um, people too. Huh? They are. Oh. Believe it or not. Huh. Whoa, so we have our feet. What's with these form. radical ideas, Sean? <laughs> I, I, well, not when you're trying to get to the pairings board. Then they're just obstacles. <laughs> they are, right? That's true. Uh, so there are a number of different ways you can reach out. Um, so you can reach out to any member of the committee because we're all going to be listed on that page there. Um, and you can contact us through Judge Apps directly. Or you can contact um, the Magic Judges, I'm sorry, Magic Judge Feedback at gmail.com uh, is an address that at this moment, only I have access to. Um, that access then will be passed on to any future chair of this committee. Uh, so only that one person has access to it. And if you don't believe in and trust in me, then you can give it to any level four or higher judge or any regional coordinator. Um, and really, if you if you report it to a level three judge, chances are it will it will be immediately reported to that regional coordinator and get us to us that way as well. Um, we really want this to be an open process with as many inputs, as many as many ways to collect this information as possible. Because you know, throwing the floodgates open and, and receiving this sort of feedback um, doesn't actually create more issues. Those issues already existed; we just didn't know about them. And so, this is a way for us to to know about them now and to address them and and to make the community whole again 
in the case of misconduct. Now, the other thing is that that feedback form isn't just for bad things that happen. It's also for players or judges or other TOs or, or whoever else to tell us when something goes really, really well, because we can give that information back to the judge who is being recognized. And this isn't just this isn't like an exemplar recognition. This is just recognizing that somebody's doing well. Somebody so did something play, awesome. A player has a really good time at a PTQ and thinks a judge does a really good job and wants yeah. to tell somebody and doesn't know who to tell. Yeah, totally. So so put it in the feedback form. We get it to the RC. We get it to whoever whoever that person filling out the feedback form tells us we can give it to. Um, that you know the person filling out the form really controls a lot of this process in terms of how the incident is reported. Um, it's also important to understand that that also comes with a limitation on sort of how we can deal with anonymous reports. Uh, we can talk about that more in more detail later on. But but basically, the person who's submitting the form uh, definitely you know is you know this is an adventure that they're they're choosing, and we're happy to take good feedback and pass that along and make sure that the judge who's doing an awesome job knows. Um, and we're also happy to, well, we're not happy to take, but we will absolutely take uh, misconduct when it's reported, and we'll make sure that we address it within this process in a fair and consistent way. So one thing the uh, Code of Conduct says as far as reporting it, um, like you listed everyone you could report to, but it also says you could report it to John Finkel. And I don't think we ever actually said why his name is important here on Judge Cast. We did not. No, we never did. We, we talked about the regional coordinator advisory committee just a little bit, but uh, never about this part of it. So John is the, um, I should say, he and I are not on a first name basis, um, but Mr. Finkel is the regional coordinator's advisory committee pro player member um, elected um, actually just as as pro players are elected or in a similar fashion, I should say. I don't know that it's identical, but in a similar fashion. Um, he was elected to that that seat, and um, you know, he gets to hear about what happens, and he also is one sort of node in this network of reporting. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, beyond his other responsibilities as a member of the RCAC, um, is if you're just like, I don't trust any judges. I think this conspiracy goes all the way to the top. Uh, you can go to John Finkel, who will also go through the proper channels, but completely anonymously. Yeah, yeah. It, anonymity through him is also a possibility. Basically, you know, we want to be sure that nobody is intimidated by the prospect of reporting this. Um, and that's not just on the reporting side either, though. In the way that we address it as well, retaliation is something that we just do not tolerate. Um, you know, that is a violation of trust that is um, beyond... Uh, it, it, it is a very severe violation of trust to retaliate against someone that you believe has made a report or someone you know has made a report. That is, uh, that violates the integrity of the process as a whole, and we just can't have that. So we deal with that fairly seriously. What do you What do you mean when you say retaliate? So if if I think that Brian reported misconduct to the committee, uh, he reported something that he believed that I did uh, to the committee. And I went through the process, and it turns out I actually didn't do anything. Brian just misunderstood. But I believe that Brian made that report anyway. If I then, uh, you know, if, if I then call up Brian and say, hey, dude, I'm going to kick your butt next time I see you, or 
if I if I tell him that if I retaliate against him in a way that uh, you know if I if I go to a bunch of other organizers around the region and say you know Brian is a really not a nice guy at all uh, you really should never staff him for any of your events because he did this um, and because he reported me to this committee that's a serious serious problem uh, okay. because it it quells other people's uh, interest and and safety in reporting misconduct when they see it also. Um, and this should really be an open process in order for it to be effective. Yeah. Now, now let's say that I know, okay, I, I know that they say everything about retaliation, but I really want to work GP Vegas and Sean is, is, is You're in accepted. charge of that. What's that? You're and, accepted. And, and he's, <laughs> and he's on the, and he's on the, and he's on the committee. And if I bring a concern against him, um, I I don't have any I don't have any recourse, okay. Especially if my name's out there, so I want to make the report anonymous, okay. There there are some ramifications, there are some consequences of making an anonymous report, right? So if it's completely anonymous and nobody knows who you are, and we can't and and the committee can't figure out, well, not we're not going to try to figure out. If somebody tells us that you want to be anonymous, you know, we can respect that. The thing is. There's a limitation to what we can do, um, because if all we have is this anonymous report, we have no way of verifying its authenticity. We have no way of investigating productively. And when we go to the judge in question and ask for a statement, we have no way of telling them what they're responding to. So they're left with the possibility of, you know, one, making some sort of general apology for anything they may have done to offend someone or hurt somebody or hurt somebody's feelings, that is not only lackluster, but meaningless. Um, or they could give us a giant laundry list of all the things they've ever done that could ever possibly have offended somebody. And that is, is not, um, that is not productive because then we are asking them to, to self-incriminate in a sense. Um, and that's just not an, not an ethical process either. So uh, anonymity has its purposes, but it has its limitations. Okay. So so basically, if you if you do make the decision to submit something anonymously, uh, please please keep in mind that uh, it's the the effectiveness is is diminished, I guess, or the the options or the you know you're basically yeah, our, you're basically it handcuffing. Impairs, it impairs our ability to follow up. There's only so much we can do. In that case, now that's not to say that we can't do anything. We certainly can do things, but um, and you know, there's also, um, I mean, realistically, for some of these more severe kinds of misconduct uh, that would result in a decertification, anonymity really isn't necessary because the conflict is between two people and they both know who each other are, um, because you know that that's that's just the nature of, of, of a disagreement is that I know who I'm disagreeing with and who, with whom I have a conflict. Or you, um, you you hit me, and it's like the accusation is, did you hit somebody? It's like, well, I've only hit one person. That's probably him, right? So I, I mean, that's that's I mean, so there's there's also just a limitation, the practical limitation of anonymity that it may not, it, you know, it may not be necessary. Um, that, that said, you know, it, being able to report something anonymously gives that reporting person um, an option to tell us that something is wrong. While maintaining, you know, uh, a degree of safety that is uh, 
that does not account at all for whether or not they trust the judge program. You can completely mistrust the judge program and trust the Google form or trust John Finkel. You can completely mistrust those other, other things, but trust one of those elements and say, I still need to say something and you can still say something and still be heard. Okay. I so trust John Finkel. I really want to make a joke about giving out his email address. You know, if you have a problem, you can send him an email at john.finkel. At... You know, that's that's funny you mentioned that. Uh, in our earlier drafts of the Code of Conduct, um, uh, no, David Lyford Smith was one of the contributing editors to this. This, uh, And I'm really sorry we can't have him on this here. He really deserves a lot of credit, along with everyone else on the team. But, but David, especially in this regard, he actually put together um, a lot of the principles section of the document, a lot of that f philosophical stuff there. But he also, in talking about these reporting avenues, he put in an email address uh, for John Finkel that I thought was an actual address. Now, I didn't send anything to that address, um, but I, I had misunderstood that that David just conjectured that this this might be what an address for John's relationship to the RCAC uh, would look like, and he just put it in there. I thought, I thought, oh, it was real, but um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into everybody's what everybody's been holding their breath for, and that is the types of misconduct. Well, they've been, they've been holding their breath for a while. <laughs> hey, man, Judge Castamato, we read the documents so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first the first type of misconduct, and this this reads a lot. In, in a lot of ways, this kind of reads like the the IPG in a sense, and it's here. Here is the type of problem, and here are examples uh, examples for it. Um, so yeah. the the first the first scenario or the first type of misconduct is DCI number fraud or improper registration. No, it's not, Brian. You're wrong. What? Jeez, Brian. Yeah. Um, so this is one of those things that changes with our January first publication. Uh, for the edit. Actually, I should mention, um, so the process for this next bit here is uh, December 16th is the deadline for level three and higher judges to apply to be part of the committee. CJ, this will go out before the 16th? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, there's that. Um, Judge Apps, go find it there. It's in Ant Antarctica. Um, so I don't know what region that's in, but you'll find it. Um, so there's that. But then also on January 1st, we will publish our revised uh, version of the code, which includes a lot of feedback from various members of the community um, and also a few edits that are just purely technical, purely clarification, you know, oops, I, I had a, a typo somewhere, that sort of thing. But then also we're renaming this first uh, type of misconduct because DCI number fraud or improper registration um, is really very specific and also very rare. Um, and we felt like, if for, especially for the first of our, our uh, types of misconduct here, it should have a little bit more salience, a little bit better understanding among the community. So we call it violating event integrity. That's the, the new name for that. And it also includes, you know, being uh, being registered as the judge without being present. That's definitely violating event, event integrity. But it also includes, um, actually, I'll just read it here uh, because that's the judge cast motto. <laughs> so it's um, a judge commits an act of malice or dishonesty, which impairs the integrity of an event. This occurs when a judge takes advantage of a conflict of interest related to the position and authority of their judge status. This also happens when a judge is registered as the official for a tournament without being present. 
penalties associated with this misconduct protect the integrity of sanctioned events. So for examples of these, this sort of thing, it's, um, you know, as a judge, I give you improper access to a deck list of an upcoming opponent of yours because you're my friend, or I intentionally change the pairings around to ensure that CJ and Brian play each other in the first round all the time because I really don't like them. Um, that, that sort of thing. Okay. Let me, let me ask, let me ask this. I, I pretty sure I know what the, the answer is going to be because you, you, you got it here written in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so I'm an L1. Uh, I got my job at the store because I was a judge or, or that was one of the things I did when I first got hired to make myself more attractive to the, to the, to the owner, to have this job. Now the TO, uh, he doesn't let me DQ certain players for things that, uh, that aren't, uh, that are DQable. He doesn't let me DQ certain players or he lets other players, you know, he lets players play with proxies or something like that. And I'm in a situation where if I don't go along with it, I could lose my job. Now, uh, how does how does situations like that, like a player should have gotten DQ, doesn't I get reported? You know, what steps should I take as a as a as a judge if this gets brought so, up? So, if there's any suspicion that there is an involvement uh, regarding tournament organizer type fraud. That also needs to go to op.fraudinvestigations at wizards.com. That is the fraud and investigations uh, email address for organized play. And those sorts of things go to organized play, and organized play addresses those uh, first and foremost. Um, that's, that's, that's where TO fraud goes. So if we feel like it's TO fraud and related to, to, to a TO issue, that's where that goes. Now, uh, the judge program has an interest in maintaining the integrity of an event, and if a judge is is going along with violating the integrity of an event, that's a problem. Uh, but the actual TO side of things is is not something that we're concerned with. Okay. Well, I, I was making would would as a as an employee of the store who is a judge, and I go yeah. along with it. Would would that would my situation as an employee be factored in? To the investigation. That may that, that may very well be a mitigating factor, but I haven't investigated this case, so I don't know. Okay. All right. I mean, I think the big takeaway so far is just that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but that every single thing that comes up and is investigated is taken case by case. There's no, like, when it comes to these kinds of situations, there isn't a hard and fast rule, except with very extreme things, of how things are going to be handled because circumstances are different for every one of these things. Is that right? Ding, ding, ding. Give that yep. man a prize. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next category is impersonating a judge. Uh, when I impersonate a judge, I sound like Sean Connery. You do it every day. I do. Um, okay. So when this I, is when I impersonate a judge, I sound like Sylvester Stallone or Carl Urban, one of the two. Sure. Okay. Please do that for us. <laughs> <laughs> you can't impersonate a judge, though. That's 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 a problem for the the code of conduct. Well, I mean, he, if he is, he's impersonating Sylvester Stallone. So that's a that's a uh, he's impersonating a judge of a higher level, right? Because he's Judge Dredd. Uh huh. No, not even. <laughs> not jeez, guys. I was hoping to get a classic Sean impersonation out of this, but no. My 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 Carl Urban sounds too much like my Batman, so I can't do that. You have a Batman impression. <laughs> not gonna start that again. <laughs> Moving right along to impersonating. <laughs> <a judge. laughs> 
Okay, so uh, so impersonating a judge is either lying about being a certified judge or lying about your level uh, yep. of a judge. All right. Um, so we all have those those stories of that shop that says it's got an L3 working for it. Or uh, we hear stories of the uh, the GPT with a uh, wink wink L1 running it or something like that. Yeah, and I've also uh, met. I mean, I've met a couple of people who I believe legitimately believed they were judges, even though they were not. Oh yeah, I took that test online. Yeah, had like twenty five questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm a judge now. Yeah, so if you believe you're a judge and you ju- if you truly believe that you are a judge and you just aren't. That is an opportunity for us to counsel you and, you know, do not expect to, you know, if you're, if you're acting in good faith and you just don't get it, don't expect us to be coming down with a giant, you know, Thor's hammer of justice here. Um, this is not, um, you know, this is much more meant for things that are, um, you know, serious problems where somebody is essentially lying to a TO uh, in order to gain some sort of favor so I tell him I'm a I'm an L2, so I can head judge a PPTQ. Right, and then when that gets kicked back to him, he has a terrible experience with organized play, and it's your fault because you lied to him. That is a serious problem. I think that makes sense. Okay, so now this is this is uh, again this is a question. So impersonating a judge. So this is in the judge code of conduct. Um, however, if I'm an L0 or I'm a random player impersonating a judge, uh, what is, what's the sanction for that? You know, we can't decertify them or suspend them. So, so what the same, so this is actually something I'm glad we're doing, dealing with this earlier on in the list of things. The answer to what's the sanction for that will always be, it depends. So What's the sanction for impersonating a judge and knowing that you're impersonating a judge? Probably you'll either not be a judge or you'll be a lower level judge. So maybe decertification, maybe demotion. It may be no action. It all depends on circumstances. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. What about assault? (laughs) I mean, the next one. Yeah. Uh, Actually, so we've changed the order here, too, uh, because we did get some feedback that uh, that the order was a little bit jarring to go from, you know, lying about something to her harming somebody. So we sort of swap, swapped this with uh, significant diplomacy failure and moved assault down below harassment um, in the in the order here. Um, so the next one I have is significant diplomacy failure. Okay. Um, so basically, you're expected to demonstrate appropriate di- diplomacy with players, spectators, other judges, organizers. And when this fails, it's usually uh, you know, some sort of visible, disruptive escalation to a conflict, the end of a relationship, um, or uh, some, and, and there's also some impact to the image of the judge program, at the very least. Um, so again, we're not talking about you getting into a shouting match with your buddy you know, in in a mall somewhere, or even in, um, you know, we're not, we're not talking about you getting into. In, like, we have a shouting match in there as an example, but we're also talking about it in the context of being on the floor of an event. Um, so there, there's an element of connection in all of these examples. Also, should be clear about that. Um, so that's what a significant diplomacy failure is. It's you know, it's just that. Um, yeah. So, so I kind of reading reading this and and seeing it kind of covers a large swath of things. I kind of got the vibe, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Is this is almost the GRV of uh 
of the uh, of the misconduct in a in a sense like you've got you've got specific like assault is very specific harassment is very specific bribery and wagering is very specific and this is you know a bit squishier it, it is a little bit squishier but we still set a pretty high bar um, you know we have the the bar in there of you should reasonably expect it will cause emotional distress mental anguish or other non physical harm to a person um, it includes violations of privacy but we're talking about serious things. We're not talking about just, you know, simple disagreements here. Um, or or simply, you know, if you have a disagreement that causes you to quit, so a simple disagreement is one thing. That is that is not misconduct. People disagree. That's natural. We're not trying to sanction that or manage that kind of behavior. But um, if you're disruptive and harmful to to an event and to the, and to the, the judge program, that's different. Um, if you're disruptive and harmful to a person, that's different. Um, again, with that connection to magic being an overriding overriding need for us to care. Um, so the, these are I, I see what you're saying about it being less specific, but i I disagree that it's a catch-all. It's not meant to catch a whole lot of things. It's meant to catch a few just a few things. Well, sure, sure. but there I mean, sorry, I guess maybe I was. I was less specific. It is. It is the one where it, it's the one that does um, where you can point to theft. There is clear theft. You know, like what you do to steal something is very clear. What you do to commit bribery is very clear. Harassment uh, generally is clear. Uh, uh, assault is very clear. Uh, but significant. You know, significant diplomacy failure. Yes, you you do have a very specific definition, but the application of it or the things that it can entail or the actions that can cause these things is very varied very varied. except varied. that they're all significant that's in the, that's in the name of the thing sure okay assault uh pretty straightforward yeah. i hit you i don't think we need to go into much detail there just not acceptable full stop yeah wagering and bribery is next up and that's also basically the same um full stop not okay um I do want to clarify one part here, uh, and that is that the second example that happened that came out in the first draft there uh, is actually being changed for our January 1st edition. Um, that new example uh, is much more straightforward and I think reflects better what we were looking for in that example. Uh, and that new example is a judge places a bet on their friend to make top eight of a tournament. Um, okay. The the previous example um, of a judge and a, a player agreeing to split the proceeds, like having a split or having a stake in somebody else's performance at a tournament, um, if that causes you to act differently, that is misconduct and that is a problem. Um, like if that causes you to rule in that player's favor or to do something that is that that violates the event's integrity and gives that player an advantage, that is a problem. Um, but that is violating an event's integrity, and that is not that is not necessarily bribery. Okay, yeah. So the basic idea here is, is and I think this is pretty obvious. I think everyone always knew kind of this one. Um, but a, we don't want judges to take bribes for a ruling or for any reason, and we don't want um, you to do anything that would make you that would alter your rulings if that thing hadn't happened. So the gambling so, and so on. So Sean, I got a question. Where does having a tip jar up by the scorekeeper station fall on uh, the bribery and wagery 
Um, I'm, is that real? I'm what? kidding. I'm is, kidding. Is that a serious I'm question. Kidding. So I think we. I'm kidding. Okay, it's not like, serious. We've been, we've been teetering on a line for a while. That's definitely over it. Uh, <laughs> here's here's the. I draw the line at Taylor Swift appreciation stations myself. Oh, you're but, a monster. Uh, Wait, which which side of the line is the Taylor Swift appreciation station on? Is it on the, uh, the okay line or the not okay line? Well, let's put it this way, that, that you'll never be my bae. Let's put it this so. way. The haters are going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> okay, let's just shake this off and move on. Yes. Uh, where are we at? Theft, just theft. like Taylor stole my heart. Well, theft is pretty straightforward, eh? Hey. Don't steal? Yep. Okay, I won't. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't, don't steal. That's That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it can be big or small. Yeah, you know, just it's like, oh well, this uh, there's a leftover booster from this draft here. You know, whoop, no. Yep, yep. Just big or small. Don't steal. Simple enough. Okay, so is that is that it? I think that that is, might be it. Yeah, that is all the uh, types yeah. of misconduct. Now, is that it, it inclusive of everything? Does that encompass? All of it, or are there more categories coming? Or I mean, there's seven billion people on the face of the planet, and they all seem to find different, interesting, new ways to screw each, screw up each other's lives at one point or another in the in the course of of human events. But uh, realistically, this is uh, not meant to be constructed as some broad, you know, we're going to catch you and get all the possible things that could possibly go wrong. If you do one of these things that we've listed out here. You know, that it's a prescriptive sort of document. It's not meant to be terribly, terribly broad. Okay. So let's talk about uh, if you do mess up, how sure. how this this uh, Jedi Council is going to handle these issues. So the first one is okay, well, no action. Well, first, uh, actually, the first thing to do is that I call Mace Windu. Yes. Um, well, yeah. <clears throat> that seems serious. He's the, coolest. he's the coolest one. Of course he is. Oh no, Skippy the Jedi robot is the coolest one. He's I don't think that's one. actually canon. I, I, I don't believe you. It well, <laughs> in fairness, not much is canon anymore. Oh, see, so see? Skippy's just as canon as Chewbacca's death. So I think it counts. Or, or Grand Admiral Thrawn, really, or any of that. So the first one is no action, which is pretty easy. the The council does nothing. Uh, yeah, committee. that's committee. that's a that's a the committee does nothing. Um, right. and that's. You know, it's and it's not that we don't do anything; it's that we don't take any adverse action against you. Like we don't, we don't, we will do things like investigate and resolve and figure out what happened, and come to a reasoned decision. But we don't have any action to follow up after that to say, you know, you are suspended, you are warned somehow. Nothing like that will happen. Um, you know, when in the course of of a normal tournament, a judge. Accident, uh, not accidentally, a judge mistakenly or improperly disqualifies a, a player. Um, the player investigations committee sometimes issues a no action letter to the player that says, we heard about this. We're not going to do anything further with it. That's not the only circumstance that they might do a no action, but that's that's one that may, might happen. that uh, came up when I was in RC, for instance. Um, when that happens, you know, we still communicate uh, quite a bit with you know with the people who are involved okay so you just get a letter saying we're done we're done you're fine yeah we're, well yeah we're done you're fine but also you know if there's a lesson to be learned we will still communicate that too it'll be something like you know it sounds like this came up in a personal disagreement 
Um, and it, or it sounds like this came up in a, you know, in a some sort of a, a, a problem that can still be fixed in some fashion. You know, we don't get reports for no reason, but we don't have to uh, come up with a way to suspend or, 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 you know, have any sort of other action against every judge in every case because not all of them deserve that. Okay. So, so, well, if you get, if you get a letter and you, you want the judge to change their behavior or something like that, how does that differ from the next, the next, uh, item on the list, which is a warning letter? So the difference is, you know, a no action letter, but please fix something or be aware of something is different from a warning letter in that, you know, a no action letter is you did this, you might consider changing this behavior in the future. It sounds like this is the source of this problem. This could have gone better. You didn't do anything wrong, but this could have gone better, and that would be nice. The key part there being you didn't do anything wrong. The warning letter is you did something wrong, but let's fix it and move on. Okay. All right. So let's get into the uh, the big one here is a suspension. Yeah, so suspensions. Uh, suspensions happen because we want to keep somebody in the program, um, but they still need a break of some kind. Um, this happens for a variety of, of different possible reasons. You know, again, specific circumstances matter in each of these cases. Uh, the main, the main point of all of this though, is that we suspend a judge rather than decertify because we believe they have value to the program and we want them to be, remain a part of the program in some fashion. Um, and so we basically say, we need you to take a break for a number of months, uh, a certain amount of time take a break for this amount of time and we're, we'll, we'll bring you back into the fold when that's over. And this is what needs to change for that to happen. And again, it's specific communication, not just blam, you're suspended. That's it. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's an engaged process. And, you know, just like when a, when a level two judge aspiring to be level three fails his or her advancement, that process of additional action and additional work to bring them into line with the expectations of the program for that role. Um, that's no small effort. And uh, realistically, you know, it's not going to be any small effort to manage this either. Um, this is not something where we simply set it and forget it. It's we're going to set it, we're going to check in with you. Um, you know, we're going to be sure that you aren't just ignoring this. That's that's important also, uh, that you're abiding by it, that you believe it, that we get, you know, we're not going to just, like, if we if we believe or or if we if we give you a, a suspension and then you say, well, screw that, I'm, I'm just going to go off and do my own thing here and I'm going to continue to represent myself as a judge and I'm going to ignore that. Um, then we take more severe action. Uh, then we then that's a that's an easy case for decertification. So we we care very much about enforcing this sort of thing, but it's all with the context of it being uh, that we care about the judge and we care about the, them and their value to the community, and we believe that that the problem that we that led us into this whole mess can be rectified. So a big question we've seen a lot. Um, is will there be a list out there of suspended judges? No, there will not for players. Okay, that's uh, we've gone into that at length in terms of, and it was not an easy decision. Um, but we've gone into that at length. Um, the simple fact is that there is people have long memories, 
and it's very difficult for you know the suspension is the full sanction the suspension is everything that we want to do to make that judge's life any harder and at the end of that suspension we you know the reason we suspend them instead of decertifying them is that we welcome them back into the program assuming that they've 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 rectified the problem we welcome them back into the program with open arms with with a you know we need we want you to be back a part of this here that's not to say that we don't you know that we're not wary or that we don't consider what might you know for for future infractions of the same kind for instance repeat, repeat behavior is also very seriously dealt with but the idea that we have a um, that we would have some sort of a public list somewhere really defeats that purpose because people would have a hard time letting go of someone uh, of their perception of someone whose name has appeared on there. Um, and it's different for the committee. It's different for the RCs who know who all these people are because they also have insight into the process and they they see everything that's happened and they see everything that person has changed or or committed to, and that's different. And so. Um, with that additional context, those people are expected to be able to make inform fresh opinions about this this person. So, but uh, it's it's very important for us to understand that that's that's uh, it's just not not easy. So 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 I, this may sound like a dumb question, uh, but um, from a perspective slightly outside but connected to the judge program, uh, if. I'm a tournament organizer or even a judge manager for an event. How am I supposed to know if somebody is suspended? So if we suspend somebody who is who has applied for or is staffed on one of your events and your event is listed on judge apps, we will let you know. If you uh, if you have uh, and the other thing uh, that we do is we ask uh, the judge in this whole process and, and it, well, we don't even need to ask them most times, most times it will come out in the process. What other stores are you working with? What are you, you know, who, who, you know, is there, is there anyone else who needs to know about this, who you would rather have us tell? Um, and, and when we come to that resolution of a, of a suspension. Um, and, uh, so it's not, you know, the judge can, can speak up and, and talk to those people themselves. Um, if they're misrepresenting it, chances are we will find out in some fashion. Um, the regional coordinators are very resourceful um, and able to, to ask questions and, and be in touch with, you know, either them or their area captains can be in touch with, um, with people who, who work at that local level. Um, it, it's, I don't want to detail it in extreme detail because, again, we get into to gaming there. But the basic idea is that, especially through Judge Apps, it's very easy. Otherwise, it's more difficult. But we also, again, have a degree of trust in the judge. And if they violate that trust, it becomes a very simple process. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm good with suspensions. Everyone else is. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Um, so so the the document itself, I, I guess, goes on to to outline to outline um, a suspended judge's, I'll say, responsibilities. Um, yeah. uh, suspended judge uh, should not participate in discussions on forums uh, limited to certified judges. Beyond reading them, I guess that's because we still want them to be involved in the process. We still want them to be involved. We don't want them to atrophy. So but we don't want them to just lose all the institutional knowledge and upkeep. Um, and coming back should be a rather seamless process from a suspension. Um, you know, the we don't want them to have to 
suddenly discover that our policy on on you know end of game losses due to not flipping over your morph has somehow changed and because of that oh my god this person is going to start giving bad rulings all of a sudden we want them to understand how that works and so um you know that's a uh so yeah be a part you know we we and again that's part of encouraging them to be remain part of the system uh part of the program but the other thing is that we don't want them representing themselves as judges that's that's what a suspension is you know you're no longer meant to represent yourself as a as a judge for the term of your suspension that's that's the the thrust of it um you know this is a big complex sort of monster of a of a resolution but we really need to have some middle ground between a simple warning letter and the more serious issues of demotion and decertification and this middle ground is is necessarily a little bit complex but um you know it's it's got really good purpose to it okay all right demotion is the next sanction just like munchkin you go down a level i've never played oh so I you're saying if i become a level 10 judge i win uh yes <laughs> if you become a level 10 judge uh i will i will personally declare you a winner yes well, <laughs> well hold on now sean are you are you aware that they're redoing the judge levels like they did the the planeswalker levels uh for planeswalker <laughs> points don't, so like, don't even joke about that. Don't even joke about that. Go up to 50. Oh, that's don't even joke. People will take you seriously. <laughs> I don't understand this, any this of this. Is, this is the part of the conjecture part of the judge cast where I, as a level four now, cannot open my mouth beyond simply <laughs> saying, I cannot, I cannot comment. <laughs> so like, if you opened a booster pack, you're a level one. <laughs> you got to be level 40, though, to judge a pro tour. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Demotion. So that's demotion. Go down a level. Um, normally, we reserve this for things that are related to a judge's level. So if you are somehow, uh, if the fact that you are able and encouraged to mentor other judges as a level two or level three, if that is what led to the misconduct, then we also want to control that problem. And that would be an example of a demotion. If I, was, um, if I was an L3 and I set up like a level two fight ring, that might be a situation where you feel I am not uh, properly upholding what we expect a level three to be. Among other feelings about that possible scenario, sure. yes. yes. CJ, the first rule of L2 fight ring <laughs> is that we don't talk about the L2 fight <laughs> ring. Fight ring. Mm. Uh, all right. Sounds like I need to do more investigating. All right. So cut that, uh, cut that part out. Cut all right. It's all out. Sean will never remember what it was said. Uh, the final sanction is decertification. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, Kim Warren says it best. What did Kim Warren what did, say? What did say? Oh, come on. You all know the Kim Warren meme. Oh, the get oh, out. Sure. Yeah. Yes. All right. Get out. It's not a visual medium. <sighs> yes. Put that, put that meme in the show notes. I really want a meme to be in the show notes. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, decertification. I mean, you know, that's generally get out, and we're probably not going to let you back in. Um, occasionally, you know, there will be a circumstance where uh, someone may be able to show a redeeming quality over a long period of time and and show significant change and demonstrate that they are actually worthy of our trust again. Uh, and in that case, we might consider bringing them back into the fold uh, through some sort of recertification. But even then, that's 
really going to have to go through their RC. They're going to have to do more than you know, it's it's going to have to be significant. All right, and I think I think and just just talked about this earlier, but I think something that's important to mention here is is that although this document does read a little bit like the IPG, it's it's not like the IPG in that each misconduct type of misconduct maps directly to a sanction, right? Um, oh no 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 all, no! It we, just matters, we, yeah. So like we, we consider connection to magic, we uh, you know th th there are all sorts of things that we need to consider, and we're not going to enumerate every one of them because uh, you know. It, we still would not be able to be comprehensive for all cases because every circumstance is a little different. Um, but yeah, that's that's generally true. Yes, and I guess all of these all of these misconducts, none of them are new, right? They're all things you shouldn't have been doing anyway. So it's uh, not like all of a sudden. Yeah, the, the oh, thing, that, the thing that, that, that the thing that people probably didn't get was the association of like their Facebook profile pic in judge uniform and how that whatever they do with that image connected to it is also connecting the judge program to what they're doing. Um, that's probably the closest thing to a change that that's represented here. But even that's not really a change. Uh, we've had cases in the past where where that kind of conduct has been a factor and been an element in what we look at. So there's really nothing that's that's really wholly different. Uh, okay, so I, I got a, a question since we've kind of gone through everything. So I report um, I report a judge who I saw steal something. Uh -huh. um, so when do you guys get the cops involved? Uh, we will get them involved in that case probably right away. Um, but we will probably do it through, you know, normal channels for reporting that sort of thing. Um we're certainly not going to hear about a crime and just be like, okay, that's nothing. Uh, we will be, we will react to that appropriately. Uh, I think the the important thing to understand from all of this is that we're not law enforcement, um, and it's silly that I have to say that, but we're not. Um, and it's also silly that I have to say this, but we're not a substitute for law enforcement. We're not. We're not. You know, if you believe that something should be reported to law enforcement, do that, please. <laughs> Um, sure. because that's just not something that we're not, we, 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 we are the judge program for magic, the gathering. We are not, you know, Police we like officers. to joke about, we like to joke about, you know, yo, I'm going to be a, I'm like a judge, like judge dread. Yo, uh, hey. Adrian. <laughs> Adrian. um, you know, we, we joke about that, but realistically we, you know, I am the law. Has, has no bearing, no bearing whatsoever. So okay. So if you have if you have a if you have a a issue of misconduct that you want to report uh, to the judge program, great. If it also meets violating a law, report it to the to the law authorities as well. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That That's, that is that is true. Let's not let's. You know, it's it's not like we're gonna legally punish them in 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 the grand in the grand legal sense of things. It's not it's not just that we're not it's not like we're going to. It's we have zero literally zero authority to do anything of that fashion. All right. Uh so so there Sean, let me let me ask this. So this is this has been a lot of a, a lot of people, there's been a lot of swirl on various Facebook groups and Reddit and stuff like that about how this impacts 
social media, okay? And okay. like and like all sorts of combinations, permutations and corner cases and and you know, fear and speculation and stuff like that. Um so with regard to just social media and I, again, I, I realize that you can only speak in like general terms, but uh how does social media uh uh just let's say just normal day-to-day interactions between people who are involved in magic. I, know, I realize that this is re recapping something that we said earlier, but I just want to uh, like address it here specifically as its own entity. How does that interact with this code of code of conduct? Cause people get into fights, people get into arguments online. People, are, people are, are human. And if what you're doing is connected to magic and the, and the magic judge program, you know, follow Will Wheaton's four four word rule. That's that. You know, be don't. Can I say this on the air? Yeah, you've said it. We've said it before. Okay, so we've all said it. Don't yes. be a dick. Um, I mean, really, that's there's nothing new about any of these. Um, so, people are imperfect, and people have conflict. That's 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 the nature of human interaction is that it has conflict, and and that's not a terrible thing. It's not something to avoid at all costs. It just is. So when it reflects poorly on this program of nearly six thousand people, yeah, we need to we need to have some way to manage that. But we're not here to manage your personal life. We're not here to manage, you know, we're not here to to tell you how to to live your your life in in any fashion other than when you're representing us and and the people that you work with and care about, you know, be nice. <laughs> Um, or at least don't be, don't be detrimental to us all. Um, you know, I, I earlier, I, I, so, so that's, that's all I've got for that. Um, before, before I close all this out though, I do want to really give credit where it's due. Um, so first off, um, if you want to know more about, uh, the, the code of conduct, uh, you can find us at blogs.magicjudges.org slash conduct. Okay. Uh, that's that's the simple address for us. Um, and there also, if you look at the list, uh, at the actual document page itself, uh, there's a bunch of little tabs at the top there. One of them is Magic Judge Code. So you can download the PDF there. And below that is a list of people that helped create this document. Um, and it's a who's who of some of the most respected leaders in the, in the judge program um, from a wide range of geographic places also uh, we really tried to make this inclusive and we really tried to to get a good grasp on a variety of perspectives and incorporate them usefully here so it's not just the american culture uh, it's not just the european culture and approach to to conduct it's uh it's an amalgam of of all those considerations uh so those um and these are in no real order but they are really valuable contributors all. Um, and when I read each of these names, it's, you know, I can think of the specific contributions that they made in little pieces here and there, but all of them had some overarching support or some important philosophical point or some, you know, they're, they're just all really important to this effort. Um, so Eric Levine, um, you I mean, obviously he's, he's very well known for this sort of thing. Afonso Bueno, uh, RC for uh, you know the, the Spain and Portugal and, and uh, he's you know uh, very much a leader in that area. A lot of RCs here: Gavin Duggan, 
um, Christiana Dionisio, uh, DLS, David Leifert Smith, you know, Kevin Binswanger, Jeremy Bahunin, David Zimmet, Richard Drivers, you know, all, all RCs, um, and all very much contributors to this. Uh, and then we all had a bunch of L4s who were also contributors to this, Kim Warren, um, Chris Richter, myself. Um, and then we also, um, you know, there are a couple others that contributed to this um, that need to be mentioned, uh, not because they were part of our, our overall debates and discussions, but because they gave us a framework to start from. Uh, and that's Eric Shukan because he leads the Player Investigations Committee. Um, and then Adam Shaw, because uh, that the, the Code of Conduct for the Association of Will uh, really did uh, help us in, in constructing it and really considering what we wanted to be a part of this and how we wanted our code to be different in ways and, and similar in other ways. So there are, there are pieces that are, are definitely reminiscent of that and that echo that, um, and, and also Eric's work too. Um, so that's a long-winded way of saying that this is a group effort that I just, um, I, I am honored to be a part of it and, and they have a huge, um, they've made it, all of them have made a huge contribution to making the judge program a safer place and a better place, um, where we all can make magic play experiences just so much better. All right. I, I think that's a great place to go out on it. Um, did anyone have any final questions they want to ask? Uh, I do not. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> this is shaping up to be one of our longest yet. Obviously we're going to skip emails cause we got a good streak of skipping emails going like, why not keep it, keep it running. Oh, uh, we want to talk about a little bit. Oh my gosh. What are these names you've put for the new level threes? What? <sighs> okay. What? I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> okay. Here what? we go. We have two new level threes. Uh, Khan Letien from France and Jera Carbon from the Czech Republic. Congrats to those two. Uh, and then we also want to talk about GP Las Vegas a little bit, where the, um, the GPTBD GPTBD is, has changed state has, has BD <laughs> to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> it is Modern Masters two, and it's in Vegas. Um, Everyone should apply and see and, how uh, like it, if everyone would apply. So, I actually so have so so you're uh Ccat you're what capacity are you for that event you're the judge manager or staff manager I'm, or what is it I'm the the judge staff yeah I'm the staff manager for that event um yeah okay, so for those of us for those of us that remember the last Grand Prix Las Vegas um let's just That's say there was way too much work to go around for the judges that were available um yeah. my fear when I'm applying for this event, and if it's my fear, I know it's other judges' fear, is that I don't want to get into that situation all over again. Um, so is that you? Are, are we going to try and staff to avoid that? Absolutely. Uh, there is. I mean, the the thing is that you know, Wizards gives us a cap of ten thousand players. Realistically, the thing that will make or break this experience is not the number of players. The number of players are going. They're gonna show up. The thing that makes or breaks this is how many people we have, how many hands we have to to make light work of this large, large event. And so, you know, bat signal, clarion call, whatever you want to call it, we really do need everyone. And it's a matter of, of uh, you know, the we've made sure that you know, everyone who's on staff gets gets their hotel paid for by, by Channel Fireball. Um, 
it's, you know, that's one of the hard things that sort of went away in past years from GPs that we wanted to bring back for this because it's important and accommodations can be tricky for something of this scale, um, especially when we want it to be walking distance from the venue so people don't have a long, long drive at the end of the day. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. And the comp overall is, I think, very, very solid um, and should be able to get us, you know, judges who can fly in from New York, who can fly from other places, who can be a part of this, who wouldn't have been able to uh, for Vegas or if with this the, was a normal with ten thousand with ten thousand people, you're going to need everyone, right? I'm, I mean, like I worldwide, because there's two other GPs on the same weekend, the same yeah, like everyone's I mean, going to need to <clears throat> for uh, I mean. Literally every level three or higher judge in North America and South America, I, I really, 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 really want them at this event. Um, I don't want to take away from the events in other parts of the world that are coincidental with this one because um, they also need great play experiences. But I'm still going to be selfish and say we still we need everybody at ours. <laughs> um, um, as a typical American, I haven't paid attention to the other two events because they are not in America. Uh, are they also Modern Masters? Yes, yes. Okay. There's one in Chiba and one the uh, uh, Strauss, not Strasbourg. You, you, Utrecht, Utrecht. Oh, Utrecht. There, thank, Utrecht. thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Strasbourg was more recent. Um, yeah. So Utrecht and and Chiba, um, where the World Championships were, you know, four years ago. Um, yeah. There's a. Uh, we need everybody, and I think we've structured the event and. It's not just not just the comp, but the event structure. Our plan for that um, is, you know, it's something we've been working on for a long, long time, and that is that is, uh, you know, that is something that that judges should not fear. Um, you know, we we have realistic shift lengths. We have, you know, expectations that we're and 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 commitments that we're making in that regard to ensure that this is not just a great play experience for the 10,000 people who show up to have a good time, plus the people who want to play inside events, um, but also the giant uh, staff of, of judges that we need there too. Um, this is not just a celebration of modern masters and, and you know, this, this is meant to be something that is much, much greater uh, and that judges should be able to participate in it without feeling like they're dead at the end of the weekend. So it's up. It's up on Judge Apps. It has uh, all the locations. It's got the the compensation's been posted. Uh, so you should have all of the information you need, you the listeners, uh, for making the decision as to whether or not you can apply or can afford to apply, which you can. <laughs> and and yes, uh, some of the comp is in Modern Masters too. A little bit. Well, you have the option. That's the other cool thing about the oh. compensation. You should go check it out. There are there there are various ways you can be compensated, which is why we aren't going to bother going into detail about it here. But there are options. Yep. And it's what four days, or is that all the GPs are four days, or just the just the one out in Vegas? I can't speak to the Asian and European events. Um, I just know that we want it to be as big as possible. It was it was a amazing event uh, last time. Uh, there was a time lapse photograph, uh, time lapse photo. Uh, I don't know if it ever got made public uh, of just in between rounds the players uh, swarming over pairings boards and then going out and finding their seats. And it looked like uh, one of those uh, Discovery channels where it's like little ants 
like swarm over a, a, a carcass and then they leave and the carcass is just stripped clean. It was really, it was really cool. I don't know if there's any One way to find that. One of the coolest things about this event is going to be that there is no giant registration line to pick up your playmat and stuff. Um, that is, that, that complication from the last GP Vegas has been taken care of. Cool. So it's, it's so you guys, and you did, since you did the last event and it's the, is it, is it the same TO or a different TO this time? This is Cascade Games and Channel Fireball in partnership. Okay. So one of the advantages is you guys have had an opportunity to learn what went well, what went poorly last time and then iterate and improve. So I agree. I mean, I, I, I think by no means is this organization the only one capable of running a good event of this scale? But I, I do believe that we will run the best event possible. Awesome. All right, listeners. I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up. Um, if you out there want to contact us, even though we've skipped reading the emails a few times, we do reply to every email. Uh, Brian seals each one with a kiss. 100% certain. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at judgecast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast. And visit our website at judgecast.com. Just type judgecast in, in wherever your favorite place is and we come up. And send your feedback to magicjudgefeedback at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Sean, do you have any other things you want to plug? Anything like that? I mean, nobody's listening at this point, right? We're like three hours Jeez. into this. This is a long one, but it's. A, um, I don't actually think this is our longest episode. Oh no, no, but it's it's our longest since we've kind of reined that in. I would say that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, um, Sean, thank you so much for being on again. We always love having you on. It's my pleasure. He's got the radio voice. I know, right? I hated the hundred episode number hundred because they were all so much better than us at it. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, oh. Thought I'd thought I'd hit a groove here, but once those three were on, oh, it's miserable. Okay, <laughs> I'm here to boost your confidence. CJ. Thank you, thank you. All right, once again, thank you everybody for listening. I, I hope you've all found this episode extremely informative, and I hope none of you ever do anything to break the code of conduct. But if you do, you'll know what happens. My name's CJ Schrader. I have a cat that won't shut up, and I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunk, so I have no cats, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman, and I got this music in my mind saying it's going to be all right because players going to play, 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 and haters going to hate, hate, hate. Baby, I'm going to Sean Catanese cut off Brian Prilliman there. Oh. <laughs> I, have, I have many cats in my life. Uh, please don't be a dick. <laughs> Somebody neuter your animals. I'm I'm sorry to uh, one moment. Sure. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. I don't even have it open. Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, Solomon Civic, Walter Mitchell, Joe DiMaggio, Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker Television, Marilyn Monroe.